This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Oh, it is that day. Day numero uno for the 2021 Philadelphia Eagles season. And we are your Philadelphia Eagles YouTube show. Birds 365, I am Jody McDonald. And in case you're wondering, John McMullen has not lost weight. He is waiting for the Eagles camp to open up. He had to uh, hot-footed down there to Eagles camp in the Nova Camp Complex. So we've subbed in. We've got a uh, viable alternative for Birds 365. You've probably seen him a couple times doing guest appearances on his on our show. Uh, he covers the entire National Football League for CBSSports.com. Jeff Kerr will co-host with me today. Jeff, are you ready for some football? I am ready, Jody. Uh, I've been ready since last Thursday when Dallas and Tampa and Pittsburgh all reported the camp. It's I'm all fired up to write. NFL stories again and how the Chiefs want to go 20-0 and and how Bruce Arians is ticked off at the media already and we're only four days into camp. It's awesome. I'm just – I cannot wait for the Eagles season. It's going to be an exciting team. It kind of feels like Doug Pearson's first year of it. Bruce Arians, always good copy. And, yes, we'll touch on a couple national topics with you, but mostly Eagles conversation today. But before we get there – as I mentioned, we've had you on the show as a guest a couple of times, but just so our audience gets to know a little bit about Jeff Kerr, how long you've been doing this. You're a national writer for CBS, but certainly you've got Eagle roots. Tell us about how you got to where you got to today, which, of course, today would be the highlight of your career working with me. But prior to that, uh, how you got to where you're at today? Well, it's a funny story, Jody. Um, I actually was talking to you guys before the show, and Two years ago today, I started my current role as a national NFL writer for CBS. I was allowed to announce it today, and I started on this day. So, But before that, I worked at – I was a stringer at the Reading Eagle. I was working phones part-time, did that for three years, and probably got the best career advice of my life that unless someone died or retired, I was not going to be working full-time there. So I had to scramble. You know, I was pretty much like every other young journalist, just trying to find out where I wanted to go, daily local – News in Westchester gave me a shot. I was really good at covering high school sports. I basically covered that like how I covered a professional sports team. And, you know, 
got really big there, and I, I love the job. I, I would have stayed there probably forever, but newspapers don't pay much, and unfortunately, they're dying. And it's a shame because local kids and local communities need local reporters. And but I got the opportunity of a lifetime at twenty four seven Sports, you know, blogging about the Eagles, covering the Eagles, made a lot of connections. CBS bought them, and you know, I was part of that process of them bringing people in, and they just promoted me to an NFL position when I was on vacation of all things in 2019. And I said, yeah, and, you know, here we are. You're, you're later. I'm interviewing Patrick Mahomes. I'm interviewing DK Metcalf, Russell Wilson, all these guys. It's a dream come true. And, you know, I'm doing what I love. I get to talk sports all day. I get to go on the radio a lot. I get to write about sports. I get to write features. And, you know, hopefully I'm going to be at Eagles training camp a couple times over the next couple weeks. Cause I'm excited. I, I cannot wait for this season. I'm excited to see Jalen Hurts, Devonta Smith, Nick Sirianni. That this Eagles team. I'm going to tell you what, Jody. It's going to be very likable. Ooh, likable. That's an interesting word, which I'll follow up with you in just a second. But uh, again, uh, Delaware Valley kid, most of your life, all of your life. How long have you been a guy entrenched here in the Del Val? So I'll tell you what, I actually was born in Douglasville, Pennsylvania, Berks County. So I got to represent Daniel Boone High School. I, I don't mention I went there much, but I got to represent there. And, you know, I pretty much stayed in the area my entire life. I've been a Philly season ticket holder for nearly 15 years, actually over 15 years. Been a Sixer season ticket holder for a very long time, too. I was a process trooper, trust the process, all that. I grew up loving Philly sports. It's you know, I grew up watching the Eagles' first Eagles game. I remember I went against the Tennessee Titans in 2000. Uh, Al Dal Greco kicked a 50-yard field goal to beat them. Seven Harvard level. I, I got the full body experience. I, I absolutely loved I loved growing up watching the Eagles. I, And you know what, Jody? I, it's weird. I've always written goals of what I wanted to do in life. And my first one was go to Penn State. I was able to do that. You know, I, I was fortunate enough to go to Penn State. And my next goal was, well, let's see what I want to do at Penn State. Well, the first goal was before I even wanted to – and I knew I wanted to be a journalist because I was a good football player in high school. I was not going to be an NFL player. It just wasn't happening. I mean, look at me. So, you know, I, I knew that. So I'm like, well, what do I want to do here first? Well, let's sit in the first row at the student section at Penn State. Did that for a whiteout game. I, I'm like, okay. That's off the bucket list. Now let's get the journalism career going. And, you know, I just kind of worked at the student radio station, line 90.7. And it, it was weird because when I was up there, I was, I don't want to say I was big into politics, but that was what I covered up there. I did a lot of political stuff and I covered a lot of campaign rallies during the 2018 election. And, but I really wanted to do sports. That's all I wanted to do. So I just kind of got into that and I got an opportunity to host a radio show and then, you know, covered the Penn State football and basketball team. I covered the basketball team when they won the NIT in 2009. I'm like, you know what? This is what I want to do the rest of my life. It, it, you know, uh, honestly, Jody, like I still have goals written on my wall, stuff I want to accomplish. And I even did that CBS. I'm like, first thing I want to do, I want to interview Patrick Mahomes. I worked months and months and months on just trying to land an interview for him. And, you know, I, I ended up making ESPN over the story. Like I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. I get the call. One Monday morning from my friend, and he's like, yo, you're on Get Up right now. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he goes, just turn on Get Up. And I'm like, I don't watch Get Up. And there is Mike Greenberg saying my name about some quote deep in the Patrick Mahomes story. And I'm like, well, okay. Like, I didn't think that was going to blow up. But, you know, 
here we are. So, you know, I still have goals written in my office. They're actually right above my desk right now, stuff I want to accomplish. And hopefully uh, this year, the one comes true, covering Eagles playoff game. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and if that happens, then I believe your previous statement will be accurate. They're a likable team. Um, I, I'm not sure if they're going to be a likable team because I'm not sure how good a team they're going to be. And there is the way that you go about your business, the way that you handle things, the way that you play, what you say about your team in games. And I think that all contributes to a team uh, being likable or not. But let's be honest. The thing that makes you most likable is when you win. Uh, I would say the most likable team the Eagles have had in the last 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years is the 2017 team. Why? Because they won the Super Bowl. So you can have the best guys, the nicest guys, the Philly sucking up guys. If you win, you're going to be likable. If you don't, no matter how nice you are, I don't know how likable you're going to be, is the fact that you're saying that you think this will be a very likable team because you actually think they have a chance to be a winning team. Yeah, I do. And here's the thing. I think Jalen Hurts and Devonta Smith can take this city by storm if the Eagles outperform their expectation. And what I mean by that is, you know, we all probably think going into the year, okay, maybe this is a six-win team, seven-win team, possibly eight-win team at best. But if Jalen Hurts just plays lights out in his first full season, he can make the Don McNabb 2000-2004 impact on this city. And Devonta Smith just comes in here and lights it up like I think he can do. I think he's that good of a player. We can see a, an athlete that hasn't been as popular in this town, at least in my opinion, since Terrell Owens. And if the Eagles win and win the NFC East shockingly this year, which I mean, it would be a shock because Washington's really good. Dallas has Dak Prescott, and they have a lethal offense. If the Eagles can find a way to pull this out and just host a playoff game, that would be incredible for, for this city. Like, I don't, I, I think our hopes are high, but I think the expectations are low. So if the Eagles can captivate this city, it's going to be something. I, I, I'm, t I'm just telling you, Joe, there are a lot of likable personalities on this team. I think people are going to really, really like Nick Sariani at, at the end of the day. And I think. This is a change that this franchise needed to embrace. It seems like a long time ago, but uh, quick math tells me that it was only seven months ago that the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld was in the game against the Washington football team, and they were tanking their final game of the season, and the 4-11-1 official record was posted. Now, it seems like that much longer ago because a lot has changed, including Doug Peterson, the Super Bowl winning coach, no longer being the coach of the Philadelphia Eagles. But that's the last on-field remembrance we have of this team, tanking to the Washington football team and ending the season at 4-11-1. But there have been a lot of changes, biggest of which is the new coaching staff and the new head coach, Nick Sirianni. He didn't go 4-11-1. The Eagles went 4-11-1, but he's now the Eagle coach. And it's kind of tough to separate those two things. How do you think Sirianni handles that? Does he reference how bad the Eagles were last year? How disappointing the Eagles were last year? Does he not even begin to pretend that it exists? Can he go the whole wipe the slate clean routine and it doesn't matter what we've done before. It only matters what we do going forward. And they've got a lot of guys who are part of this 411 and one team from last year still here this year that may have a chip on their shoulder, 
may have been adversely affected by it. How do you think Sirianni plays what the Eagles were last year in their locker room this year? You just landed my point. I don't think Nick Sirianni has to mention it to him. I think you got Lane Johnson to do that. Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox. They were embarrassed last year. This last year was not supposed to be how it went down for this team. Like We thought it was going to be like a retooling year, but they would still make the playoffs. They just weren't going to compete for a Super Bowl. No, the worst thing happened. Their quarterback just completely sucked. Their offensive line got hurt. Their defense was all over the place. And Doug Pearson got COVID and just seemed to never recover. Like, it, it was uh, just a calamity of errors by this team last year. And, you know, we're looking at, oh, they're three and whatever. They can, they're still in the NFC East race because the division is terrible. And I'm like, no, this team isn't any good. Don't you understand this? And, you know, you fought tooth and nail over the quarterback and all that. So I don't think Nick Sirianni even mentions last year. I think the players do that themselves and how publicly humiliated they were on week 17 on Sunday night football and how they were 4-11-1 and how the Giants want to beat them because of what the Eagles did to them, even though the Giants did that to themselves by going 6-10. and 10. True. Um, How Washington just beat up on that offensive line from week one on and in week 17. And the Eagles could say to themselves, we got a pretty good left tackle. Or we think we do enjoy him a lot. And if not, Andre Dillard does have a lot of potential. And, uh, again, we, we can always get to that. And so, but we, Jason Kelsey had an all-pro year last year. But he didn't get recognized for it because the Eagles offensive line gave up 65 sacks. Brandon Brooks, the best guard in football, at least in my opinion, is back. Lane Johnson, one of the best right tackles in the game still, is back. The pass rush is even better. That's what I'm looking at. And – Remember in 2013, Jody, Eagles had a really good offensive line and a really good defensive line. And that kind of led them to the playoffs along with Nick Foles going 27-2 and that year. So if Jalen Hurts can be protected, which I think he can, and can put up the numbers, which he did in the three game, the three full, I don't even count week 17. Jalen Hurts led the league in total yards, passing and running for all quarterbacks in the National Football League. Irony number two was Deshaun Watson. Uh, But... To me, at least, this team is going to be competitive. I think they're going to play hard because Nick Sariani is going to embrace this competition. I think everybody knows their job is not safe because they have a new head coach and they have a new coach staff and a new philosophy. If you're not playing up the snuff, this coach is going to tell you and he will replace you because he doesn't owe these guys anything. It's a clean slate, and that's what I love about this football team. You got a clean slate with a bunch of young players willing to prove themselves and a bunch of hungry veterans to say, you know what, we're not done yet. Here's where uh, I can't buy into your uh, line of thinking completely. Yeah, it's a clean slate for Nick Sirianni. But Nick Sirianni isn't Bill Belichick, isn't Pete Cow. He doesn't have the kind of authority that some coaches in this league have because of their accomplishments. I remember clearly going back to Nick Sirianni's introductory press conference when he was asked the question about whether he controls the 53-man roster or not, he said, well, I don't really know, um, which means he doesn't control the 53-man roster. So while Nick may have a clean slate and believe he can do whatever he wants and have competition at every single position, don't kid yourself. Howie Roseman put this team together, and Howie Roseman is going to have a lot to say about how this team looks and go- and is going forward. And you know what? Howie Roseman can be the 
Eagles' biggest ally, or he could be their worst enemy. And that's what is scary about this football team. It's, can this GM not push the red button if training camp doesn't go the way he thinks it's going to go? Like, say Steven Nelson just doesn't play well in training camp, for whatever reason. Does Howie Roseman call the Dolphins and go, Xavier Howard available? You know, we need this guy. Or, you know, can you convince Howie Roseman that, look, it's okay this team is not going to be a Super Bowl team this year. You don't have to go all in because you have Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, and Fletcher Cox in their 30s on your team. You don't have to do that. Uh, you know, let it come organically. Let it come naturally. Let this quarterback figure things out. See what you got. You got draft assets. You have capital. And that's why I like where this franchise is headed right now. I, I like how Howie Roseman got to be Howie Roseman again and just stockpile future assets and build this team and find out what your weaknesses are this year because, you know, it's quarterback's probably going to be one of them, uh, unfortunately. And you can draft the quarterback high next year. You just got to hope that Miami Dolphins and Tua Tagovailoa don't have a 10-6 season again. I don't think they're going to, even though I really like that team. And you hope Carson Wentz is Carson Wentz again and, and, and not in a good and bad way and like the Colts – bow out in the first round of the playoffs and, you know, say you go, we'll say seven and 10. Um, all of a sudden you got three picks in the teens and, and one or two picks in the teens and one in the twins. That's something to look forward to as a franchise. I think this year is about seeing what you got on this roster and going from there. I'm a little surprised that as many people are uh, up in arms about the fact that the Eagles signed a couple of veteran guys. Kerrigan is a veteran guy. Is he going to help the Eagles make a Super Bowl run this year? No, because the Eagles aren't a Super Bowl team, but he makes them a better team. And yes, you're going to get plenty of snaps out of Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett to be able to evaluate them as to which one, if one's going to be signed and one's going to be elsewhere. I got faith that they're both going to play enough that Kerrigan isn't going to keep you from being able to evaluate that. But in the meantime, he's going to help you win a football game or two this year. The same thing with Stephen Nelson, who they signed this week. Do we really need to know that much more about Michael Jaquette? Come on, you're trying to win football games. Eagle fans want the Eagles to be competitive week in and week out, and they want to put 4-11-1 in the rearview mirror. The fact that people think that you either have to be all in or all out is a pipe dream, as far as I'm concerned. It's, sometimes it's easy. Sometimes it's cut and dry. Sometimes players give you the ability with them either playing that good or them playing that bad that you can make a right down the middle decision. Hey, we're going to stink. We're going to get rid of all our veterans. We're going to go with youth. If we go two and now 15, because they have 17 game seasons in the NFL, so be it. Or this is it. We can get that one key piece. Let's make a Super Bowl run. Yeah, sometimes it happens that way. Other times it doesn't. And Howie Roseman, to me, didn't have the capability of doing that this year. I think he's actually hedged his bet pretty well. My only worry is he's going to be a coach from the general manager's office that uh, Nick Sirianni will be dictated to even more than Doug Peterson was, which surprised us greatly. After he won a Super Bowl, Doug Peterson, at least we believe, was pretty dictated to as the head coach. Why would we think Nick Sirianni, as a first-year guy, won't be dictated as much? Do you have the same fear I do that Howie is going to be almost uh, like the Wizard of Oz, the coach behind the curtain? That's what I loved about this offseason with Howie Roseman. There was nothing wrong, and you pointed out, Jody, 
with adding Ryan Kerrigan, with adding Steven Nelson, adding veterans on this football team. Uh, on Johnson, even. Uh, we can call him a veteran, if you will. I mean, he's only in his, what, third, fourth year in the league. Still a veteran in, in NFL terms. It's There's nothing wrong with giving your team the best chance to win a football game. There's no such thing, really, as tanking in the NFL. There, there just isn't. Like, not everybody does what the Jacksonville Jaguars do and just say, Garner Minshew's going to be our quarterback, and then he gets, right, you know what, we're not even going to try to put in the backup. You know, Jake Luton's going to play, and, you know, we know he's not going to No, you are giving – this is what I love. You are giving Jalen Hurts, in my opinion, a fair shot at trying to be the franchise quarterback for this football team. And it's not even adding, giving weapons for him. You're helping out the defense. This pass rush was good last year, and they rushed four guys. Now we're going to see complex blitz schemes. Oh, and Ryan Kerrigan's on it, who's a really good pass rusher. Brandon Graham still has, has a lot to prove. He's still good. Fletcher Cox, I mean, in my opinion, he had down here last year. It was still pretty good for Defensive tackles around the league. Javon Hargrave came on the second half of last year. I like it. You could, and like you said, Joe, you cannot go into the year with Michael Jaquette as your number two cornerback. I'm sorry, I saw enough of that in Dallas last year. Just watching um, C.D. Lamb just torch that guy left and right with you know Ben or whoever was the quarterback that game last year in that Week 16 game. I, Andy Dalton. That, that's who it was. So again, I like how. Any hole the Eagles seem to have, they did patch it up. Like, you added um, Anthony Harris. You needed an Anthony Harris-type player on this team. Eric Wilson, he misses a lot of tackles, yes. He's also a really productive linebacker who will start on this football team. I, I'm pretty confident that. You have a nice young player in Alex Singleton who you can grow off of. And, again, your offensive line's got tons of depth. Like, I was ecstatic when they drafted Landon Dickerson. I'm like, Awesome. They got a replacement now for Jason Kelsey. And if he's healthy, he could compete with Isaac Sayamal for the job. I just love the depth on this roster. It, is it a team where if you start the 22 best guys, are they going to win the division? No. But if guys get hurt, you got adequate replacements for them because you learned a lot from last year with the Jack Driscolls of the world and guys like that. And now you're adding talent like Devonta Smith and you have an offense that relies on the running backs as much as they do. Like, Miles Sanders could be a, a Naeem Hines in this offense and, and be a really good running back at the same time. That's what I love about this football team. But you're right, Jody. Is Howie Rosen going to get too overexcited here and just kind of overrule Nick Sirianni, just like he overruled Doug Pearson and he over tried to overrule Chip Kelly? And he probably wanted to do that to Andy Reid. The problem was he couldn't do that. And that's why I think the Eagles hire these young head coaches because Howie's got to run the show. And for better or worse, I mean, Howie's done a great job with them, but he's also made a mess out of things, too. It's just, can Howie Roseman stay away from being Howie Roseman? Appreciate you tuning in here to Birds 365. It has begun. Not Birds 365. The Eagle season is underway, and it will get their first practice underway coming up in the next couple hours. Coming up next here on Birds 365, one of our favorites. You watch him every day here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with his cohorts on the middle. Well, he's here in the beginning of the day with us. Baron Brooks up next here with us on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. 
wherever you are in life. Count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. First day of actual camp is upon us. 365. Jody McDonald along with Jeff Kerr filling in for Johnny Mac today. He's already made his way down to Eagles practice. Our first guest is going to go there as well, but not till after he finishes up with us. You watch him every day here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with his buddies Harry and Aton in the middle. He's leading off with us today. Former Eagles standout offensive lineman Barrett Brooks jumps aboard. Uh, Barrett, I know it was a couple of years ago, but What's it like first day of practice? What do you remember about whether it was your first year or any other subsequent years? What's the first day of practice like for you? You know, it was actually fun, man. You know, this this is where the players come in. They've worked all summer, you know, gotten in shape. They're ready to go out there and play. They're ready to go out there and hit. And, you know, today's anticipation on of, of going out and, you know, you're working out not just in front of, you know, your peers, you know, the players on the team, but you're introducing yourself to these coaches. They're seeing you for the first time really in their system. Then, And this will be the first time you're going full speed in this system. 
So, I mean, as a player, you're, you're ready. You're happy. You're auditioning for the for the coaches. Uh, and, and you're also understanding that, hey, this is the first step in trying to go get the hardware, trying to go get the ring. This is where it all starts. Barrett, on day one, you had to start out with a rookie head coach in Ray Rhodes. What were you trying to do as a player, as a young player in the league? You know, pretty much, hey, like, you got to impress them? Like, what was your mentality going into that first practice? You know, it, I mean, it was the, the anticipation of going out and playing and being in an NFL team. You know, I was in awe at first, you know, because I'm looking over. I'm in the huddle with, with you know, Randall Cunningham. I'm looking over. I got greats like, you know, Riley McKenzie, one of the original Hogs. Um, I got Guy Macker yelling, Guy McIntyre yelling at me. I mean, it was just, you know, it was just overwhelming at first, man. It was just, you know, unbelievable experience. And I look over, I see William Fuller practicing. You know, I'm about to go against William Fuller, you know, one of the best defensive ends, you know, to play the game. Um, it was just one of those things that I just love the whole atmosphere of it. until I got halfway through it and I figured out, oh, I'm not in as good a shape as I thought I was. But, you know, this is a physical practice. The head coach knew the direction he wanted to go on. He wanted a physical team. So he practices, he practices us like that. I mean, he made us run and, and work out really, really hard, understanding he had to weed a couple guys away from the old losing regime and, 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 and set the tone as far as him being the head coach. So that's what it was, man. You know, me, it was, you know, eyes wide open, but also understanding he had to weed some guys out, weed out the bad seeds in order for him to take control of the team, you know, that – you know, because he had to get his way of doing things focused right then and there the first week. Barrett, let me ask you about the offensive lineman room for this team this year. Kind of a different dynamic than we're used to seeing. You have guys like Nate Herbig and Matt Pryor and Jack Driscoll who had a chance to play last year because there were so many injuries on the offensive line. So even though they were young guys, they did get a chance to show their wares a little bit. This year, if the Eagles stay healthy, they all know they're in backup roles. No you question. get Lane back. You get uh, uh, Brooks back. Um, you, you're going to have a competition at the left tackle, but both seem physically capable and ready to go. Tension in that room because guys who got a chance to play know, well, I basically have to sit here and root for somebody to get hurt again. Otherwise, I'm not going to play. Is it at one big happy family and uh, they all pull together? Nick Sirianni keeps emphasizing competition. So you're going to go out on a day in day out basis and try and show your best. How does that dynamic work in that room specifically this year with the group that they have? Well, you know, have a lot of guys played a lot last year and understanding that these guys, you know, want to play more, but this time, instead of going out and playing for a position on this, you know, um, out there in the starting five, they're actually playing for a position on the team. You know, it's going to be more competitive than it were was last year. You know, these veteran players understand that they're the, you know, tail end of their career. So they're going to make sure that they show that, you know, they're healthy, number one. Number two, they got to show that they're ready to go every single play. So they're going to get the, you know, the the major part of the reps simply because they're the starters. But these young guys also understand that, all right, I could be thrown in at any time. I got to be ready. But, you know, it's going to be tough, you know, sitting back and watching these guys play, especially when you got your you know, you got your first couple of reps in the NFL last year and you played a significant role last year. Now your role is diminished, but you have to be ready and they understand that. Eric, you've been in your fair share of training camp competitions over the years. When Jordan Malata and Andre Dillard go to war today, do you, 
Did you always worry about what the other guy was doing in practice or were you just focused on yourself? I, I, I tried to focus on myself because, you know, I had to take care of, you know, the intangibles of, of what I was as a football player. You know, I had to make sure I was in shape, I had to make sure I came in and I knew that playbook and I had to make sure that they had to say my name um, for, you know, nothing more than, all right, you know, it's time for you to take your reps. You know, I, I controlled how my demeanor was when I went to the line of scrimmage. I controlled how hard I practiced. And that's what, I, you know, that's the role I took. I didn't really care about what they were doing and, you know, how the guy was going against what he was doing because at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I just got to make sure I shine in that coach's light so he sees me. I do more than he, what the other guy is doing. And that's the way I approached it. You know, I made sure that, you know, I, I, I'm playing at an optimal level because I wasn't just playing for myself. I'm playing for my family, and that's a dynamic that, you know, a lot of um, fans don't understand. You're not just playing for yourself and playing time for yourself, but you're playing to, you know, you're playing to feed your family. You're playing to put food on the table. So you got to make sure that you got to go above and beyond and do the little things to make sure that you highlight yourself in any way you can. But I like what you said about old LB competition in the offensive lineman room. Maybe not for starting reps, but – Who's going to actually make this team? Yes. So the competition is there, and I like that. Let me ask you about competition in another position. I saw your report on NBC Sports Philly this morning that uh, you are ready to check out some Jalen Hurts. Yes, Joe Flacco's here. Yes, Nick Mullins is here. Jalen Hurts is going to be the starting quarterback. You know it. I know it. Jalen knows it. Nick Sirianni knows it. Just Nick Sirianni won't confirm it. But he's going to be the starting quarterback when the year gets underway if he's healthy. Oh, but he's in competition on a day-in, day-out basis with someone who is not here, either a potential high first-round draft pick next year or Deshaun Watson, if the Eagles are going to jump in to the potential trade market there. How does Jalen deal with that competition? It's uh, I would guess that it would be easier if you're going to look across the room, look across the line and see who you're competing against. But he's competing against this kind of nebulous third party who isn't even in the Eagles locker room how tough is that going to be on Hurts? Yeah, he's trying to woo not just, you know, not just this coaching staff, but also the fan base. And, you know, he wants to take the ring as being a starter. He wasn't really given the opportunity to be called or named a starter going into this season. We all know that he's going to be the starter. But, I mean, this young man has done everything possible to try to be that, you know, that type of person on this team. He's gained the respect of this, you know, his peers around him. He's gained his respect of the city. Now he needs to go out and gain the respect of, you know, uh, Howie Roseman and, and, and the guys that are, you know, in the key positions of, of, you know, really altering his fate. I mean, it's tough on him, man. You know, you, he's done everything you, you've asked him to do. He's got pulled from a game at the end of the year, which he thought that he could have wanted if he had allowed him to keep playing. I mean, he's been through a lot, you know, but it's, it's something that he's used to. I mean, he's used to his hands being – his hand and feet being put to the fire. He's used to this because it happened when he was at, you know, Alabama. Uh, he left there when it proved himself that Oklahoma, you know, came to the Eagles and proved himself as a player, and he didn't get cut, you know, even though the franchise quarterback um, there already. He's used to, you know, have his hands and feet in the fire. So, to him, it's just another day at the office. He's going to be ready to play. He's going to be ready to do everything he can to make sure that he is the best player out there at that position. Now, that's going to be some healthy competition, not just from guys on the team. Like you said, you know, the the the, the naysayers are saying, all right, I'd rather have, you know, you know, 
somebody else at the ring, you know, and 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 build this, you know, team through a you new know, or younger guy that you know they're going to make in the draft next year, or maybe you know a Deshaun Watson type of player. But you know, like I said, he's been tested. He's definitely been tested. You know, iron sharpens iron. He's been tested. You know, his iron is. is it has been sharpened a lot. So he'll be ready. He's going to be ready to compete, man. I can't wait, man. Uh, I want to see how his, you know, progression goes as far as, you know, his his, his footwork, um, you know, just the little things, and you know, his, pre, his pre-snap diagnosis of the defense. Those are all things I'll be looking for uh, in practice today. Now, Barrett, there's a guy I think we're kind of forgetting about that's going to play a vital role in this offense this year because we're focusing on another guy in that offense, Devonta Smith. But Jalen Rager was the first-round pick last year. What are you looking to see out of him today? I want to see the explosiveness. I want to see, you know, why I thought, you know, when he was in the Big 12 two years ago, why he was one of the most explosive guys, um, you know, not just in the Big 12, but, in, you know, in the, you know, in all college football. You know, he was a player at TCU. He, he could do everything great. He was, a you know, running back after the catch, you know, punt returns. He could do a lot of things. He was a very athletic, very quick guy. I didn't see as much as that last year. I had high expectations for him, even though we didn't get the guy that we thought we should have gotten in the draft. I thought that he was definitely still a leg up. Jalen Reger was a, you know, was a beast in the Big 12. And he didn't even have a quarterback in which, in which he can get the ball to him a lot of the times, you know, during his tenure in college. And he was still able to put up big numbers, especially big numbers in a, in a specialist game when he was returning. So he has all the athletic talent in the world. He has all the versatility in the world. He can run tunnel screens, reverses. He can run jet sweeps. He can do all those things. But can he take it and, and, and bring it to another level? I know head coach Nick Sirianni is going to put this kid in a lot of positions for him to be successful. Will he take the reins and go out there and be that guy? I think he will, but I, I want to see the explosiveness that I saw when he was in college applied to the NFL level. Yeah, it's kind of going to be on him. And, yes, he was pretty dominant in the Big 12, but the Big 12 is coming apart at the seams. But I yes. digress. That's a whole other story. <laughs> well, I'll save that for another day. Um yeah, the wide receiver position to me is one of the most intriguing ones with the Eagles this year because you have back-to-back first-round draft picks. A Travis Fulgham who came out of nowhere and uh, for a month was one of the best wide receivers in the National Football League, but then also kind of disappeared again. Uh, so you got no idea what you're going to get out of him. And then my favorite guy, which is Greg Ward. And everyone always discounts Greg Ward and Greg Ward is limited, and Greg Ward doesn't have that explosiveness, and Greg Ward isn't a big play player, but he leads the Eagles in receptions, which is kind of an important facet, if you ask me. I get it that he is uh, never going to be the number one receiver in the league. He's not going to be a 13-touchdown guy, but this guy does help you move the chains. Is Greg Ward going to get a fair shake this year from the Eagles, do you think? I think he's going to give it even more fair shake than, um, than, than you know, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. I think he's proven himself enough to be a player in this league. And the coaching staff, they'll, they'll see that. You know, because he has an interesting dynamic of being a, a quarterback and understanding, you know, route running at a level in which a lot of receivers don't know because he understands what the what the quarterback is looking for in the route, where he needs to be in the route, and how he can take advantage of what he's doing um, while he's out there. So that dynamic, you know, has really helped Greg Ward Jr., become a really good player, man. I just think, you know, it's going to be hard for, for, for J. Jaw and himself, man, to get past this young talent. 
I mean, they have straight speed now. You know, we're talking about a team that has speed now at the wide receiver position. It wasn't like this, you know, for almost, what, 20 years, you know, as far as having the athletes that they have in that stable right now. I mean, they literally have guys that can that can that can run, you know, four three guys, you know, Quez Watkins showed, you know, on a on a on a little simple screen that he can get out the gate. Um, you got Hightower, you know, Hightower's you know, another four three, four four guy. Um, Jalen Rager, Devontae Smith, they have legitimate speed at that position. You know, so you know, Greg Ward, you know, his 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 speed was kind of questioned. He still has the elusiveness, the understanding of where he's supposed to be at in the offense. But it's going to be tough for both of those guys to really make some hay as far as getting ahead of those guys that are, you know, kind of fast in the system. I think one of the storylines from the first day of training camp is obviously Zach Ertz. And will he or will, won't he be on this team week one? What do you expect Zach Ertz to say after practice today? Uh, I expect him to be the, the consummate pro. He's going to be a professional. You know, he's going to make sure that, you know, he says all the right things. He's betting on himself right now. They didn't cut him. They didn't cut him because they wanted more than what people were trying to give to him. I know that he's a salary salary cap guy. I understand how much he's going to apply towards the cap. But I'll tell you what, he's going to have a huge chip on his shoulder. So because of that, he's going to go out there and play. He didn't forget how to catch. He didn't forget how to play um, an impact role on a team. He just didn't get any help last year from the quarterback. You know, Carson was really that bad. He not only affected, you know, himself, but he also affected a lot of guys uh, on this team as far as production. And, you know, Zachers was that production casualty. Of course, he wanted to get a new contract and go forward with the Eagles and retire Eagle. But, hey, at this point, he's got to bet on himself. He's got to go out there and make sure that he's in the best shape of his life, that he's ready to go out there and compete and be – a, a, a valued asset in that offense. You know, he can still do those type of things. You know, he didn't forget how to play. It's just if he goes out there and apply himself like he did in the past and get that cohesiveness with Hurts that he had with, 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 with Carson, I believe he could be a big part of this offense. You know, 12 personnel was always a big part of what they did in the offense. Well, maybe now they may go to 11 personnel more so now because they have receivers to run 11 personnel, which is one running back, one tight end, and then three receivers. They may go with a lot more three receivers in the offense. Then it's going to be a problem. Who do you put in there, Goddard or Ertz? So, you know, it's a great problem to have as a coaching staff because you have great players that can go out there and produce for you. But, hey, you might let some players go that should be on this team simply because, you know, there's so much talent now at the receiving positions, at tight end, running back, and um, wide receiver. I'm glad to hear you say that you think Zach is going to be a pro's pro about his contract situation. I'm not as sure as you are um, because I don't think he really wants to be here. Um, no, he doesn't. They, they've coined this new phrase in the NFL called hold in. There used to be hold outs. Now with the fact that you can't get refunded your fines, there's hold ins. Guys show up at camp and say, yeah, I'm here for one reason, one reason only, so I don't get fined. I hope he handles it as professionally as you suggest he is. Uh, that would be very beneficial to Nick Sirianni well, as a first-year coach. He's going to be making a lot of money, you know. See, if he's going to be making more money right now than he would have on an open market. So, you know, nobody's going to pay him, what, $7, 8000000 million like the Eagles going to pay him to stay here. So he's pretty happy about that, that he got a salary still. All right, good uh, line of logic. All right, here's the uh, next relationship question I want to ask you as a former player. As an offensive lineman in the league, 
you work with the running backs. Now, the running backs could either make you look real good if they read your block correctly, cut the right way, turn it upfield. Hey, that's a great play. Good job, Eddie, offensive lineman and the running back. Or if they misread your block or go the wrong way, they make you look real bad when they're knocked down for three-yard losses. Same thing on passing plays. If they're part of the protection scheme, if they don't get their job done and the left side of the line gives up the sack, well, even guilty by association, it's going to fall on you. Your coach is going to go, why didn't you hold them out even further, even if it's the back who didn't get the job done? So you're intrinsically tied to the running backs. Miles Sanders this year, coming from last year, some big plays, home run hitter, but also made some mistakes in uh, picking up blocks out of the backfield, in catching the ball. Um, he was kind of a hit or miss guy this past year. How much of the relationship between the offensive line and the running back can affect the offense in the way uh, Miles Sanders either, again, has an up-and-down season or has an all-around great season for the Eagles? Well, he's going to have to have a great season for this Eagles team. You know, I think the offense is going to run through Miles Sanders. You know, if you look at what they did at the, the Colts last year, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, they really um, started the run game, and that really helped their offense and Phillip Rivers, you know, get the ball down the field a lot more because you had to make sure that you check the run before, you know, pass as a defender. So, you know, it could be an integral part of this offense because I think, you know, Coach, Coach Nick Sirianni wants to run the ball a little more. You know, it, it's, it's kind of the same thing, you know, when they had, you know, a, a system where you had, you know, two good running backs. That's the reason, one of the, you know, big reasons why they were Super Bowl champion. They were able to run the ball with a Garrett Blunt. He established a run, which allowed them to push the ball down the field, allowed them now to just not be a one-facet team who's just going to throw the ball. If you can have balance in your offense, keep the defense off their toes, then, you know, it, it just leads to, you know, a better cohesiveness in the run game and the passing game because you could do two both ways because with 12 personnel, one running back, two tight ends, it could be a passing offense with that personnel package because you do have the threat of the run with Miles Sanders being in the game. And, you know, you got a lot of guys in this, you know, in that, in that running back locker room, they can tote the rock. You know, you got just Miles Sanders, but, hey, Boston Scott wants to make sure he's on this squad, you know, because there's a lot of healthy competition at that position. You know, look at Carrion Johnson from the Detroit Lions. You know, he's they have a lot, you know, riding with him, you know, going into this season also. Um, you know, they just drafted a rookie, you know, from 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 Memphis, you know. So there's 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 some big shoes to fill, you know. I, I, I Kenneth Gainwell, you know, he's supposed to be this, you know, all inclusive back. You know, he can do everything. You know, he he's not just a running back; he's a you know receiver. He can line up in the slot. You know, there's going to be some great players out there that you know might get cut from this Eagles team simply because there's just not enough balls uh, to you know to hand out when it comes to you know giving them an opportunity to run the rock. That's a good problem to have. But at the end of the day. I mean, these young guys got to step it up. Even Miles Sanders has to step it up. He has to show that he has to be easy he, lead back in this room. There's some lead backs in that room that, that, that can play pretty well. So, you know, Jordan Howard's still there. Like we mentioned, carry on Johnson. Um, guys want to get on the field, and there's not enough footballs, you know, to disperse all the, you know, with all the talent that they have. So it's, it's great having healthy competition going into the season, but there's going to be some good players that are going to be cut from that running back room. Barrett, watching three years of Colt games just to get a grasp of what Nick Seriani likes to do, and I'm glad you mentioned 11 personnel. This, the Colts seem to be obsessed with 
a Paris Campbell type player. Now Paris Campbell hasn't been that player yet, but a player who excels in the slot or someone that they can dump the ball off to and create some yards after the catch. And it ended up being Zach Pascal there. Who can be that Paris Campbell, Zach Pascal type player out of this wide receiver court? In all actuality, you know, I, I see um, Devontae Smith being that guy, you know, keep the change moving. Yes, he's dynamic as far as, you know, making big plays, but I see him more for a consistent player that Hurts can rely on in those crucial situations where he can be in the slot, he can run a little out, he can run a little, um, you know, uh, double move to get open and, and you know, keep the chains moving. You know, it's, it, you know, number one receiver is more than just a guy that makes big plays. He's a guy that you have to account for on every play. And I believe Devontae Smith can be that number one receiver and keep the chains moving. There's nothing wrong with a guy that being consistent. And his best ability is to catch the rock, you know, and that's what Devontae Smith does, you know, you know, very, very good. He can catch the rock, keep the chains moving. They're going to need him in that capacity. You're going to have the big play guys out there, you know, that, you know, like the, the, um, John Hightowers or the Jalen Reggers, you know, who can push the ball down the field. But you need a guy to be consistent, keep the chains moving, and I think Devontae Smith will be that guy. Barrett, let me ask you a schedule question for the Eagles. Uh, they play Dallas in week number three down in uh, Big D. But other than that, they don't have a divisional game until, like, week 12. Five of their last six games are divisional games. Giants twice, Redskins twice, Cowboys once in the last month and a half of the season. And the whole rest of the schedule is early on, other than that one Dallas game early. We believe the NFC East will be mediocre again. That would be a word I would use. You can pick and choose whichever one you want. It was putrid last year with Washington winning the division below 500. It's got a chance to be similar this year. I think all teams have actually, all four teams have actually improved in, in certain aspects, but not all that much that, oh my God, how powerhouse the NFC East is. Is it a good thing that the Eagles have such a spread schedule, no divisional games early, all divisional games late, or is it a bad thing that the season may already be determined by the time they get into their uh, rivalry section of their schedule at the very end of it? Well, it means they're not out of it to see, you know, that that's definitely um, what you can get, you know, see when you when you look at their schedule, because, you know, the last couple of games, you know, the last month, you know, month and a half of the of the season, they'll still be in it because they haven't played their division games. They'll still be uh, right there uh, atop the division because they haven't played um, the rest of the schedule as far as, you know, these 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 division games and the division games, you know, you win the division, you're in the playoffs. So it doesn't matter, you know, really what you do as far as, you know, everything else. If you can win your division games, then you're still in the playoffs, man. And I think it's going to help this Eagles team as far as keeping them going, keeping them in the process of making sure that they, uh, they, they, they stay in this thing, you know, if things do get rocky during the season. I, you know, my prediction is they're not going to be as rocky as, as, and as bad as what people are giving them credit for. I think they're going to be a little better than that simply because, you know, I heard, you know, just say earlier on, they've, you know, they've gotten better at a lot of positions. They, they, they built some guys that can be great backups and, you know, potential of being really good players. So, you know, I, I, I have, a, you know, my glass is always half full as it pertains to the Eagles. I like what they have. And it's going to take them a little bit to mature. It takes four games to realize what you are as a team, 
going into the season. After your fourth game, you understand what your identity is, and you're going to do the things that you're good at. It takes that fourth game until you know, or if you're a run team, if I'm a passing team, if I'm a blitzing defense, if I'm a you know a zone defense, I got to sit back, bend but don't break. All that stuff gets worked out in the first four games, and then you realize who you are. That's when they start going and, and getting a little more headway as far as what they are as a team. It could be bad, but it can also be good. So I'm anxious to see what type of team they're going to be. And, you know, because of the division games at the end of the season, they will always be in it until they get to those games. Barrett, one thing I love about what this team did this offseason was you added Ryan Carey. You added Steven Nelson. You added Carry on Johnson, veterans, to, to help this the young guys out. And in Ray Rhodes' first year, the Eagles did do that. They added Mike Zordix, uh, Bill Romanowski, uh, Art Monk, Rod Carpenter, you know, just guys like that. How important were those guys in that first training camp that basically set the stage for your 10-6 and six season? Well, it helped me out a lot because I had guys like Riley McKenzie, Guy McIntyre on the offensive line. I was playing next to um, – to, to Ed Wetz, one of, you know, the, the, he wasn't a premier tight end, but he was one of those tight ends that could get the job done. Um, I had, you know, wide receivers, you know, like, you know, like, just like you said, that they are brought in to really help and take it to that next level. When you have older players like that, especially players that have been in the league, you know, the Kevin Turners, you know, they brought in those guys kind of solidify, you know, an, an atmosphere. All right. It's going to be very competitive. You know, we're going to be ready to play. You know, you're going against William Fuller every day. You know, they brought him in. Uh, going against, you know, Red Hall. Those are all guys that they brought in as free agents to really put you in a position to be competitive. You had Ricky Waters. You know, they brought him in. So it was just more so, you know, they tried to get a whole bunch of, you know, good players together to at least make us competitive going into the season. And it actually worked out. We did make it in, um, make it into playoffs and you know, did all right, you know, lost to Dallas in the second round. But, you know, at least, they, you know, they set a groundwork as far as being competitive on that team. Barrett, last thing, uh, during your career, how many different quarterbacks did you play in front of? It was crazy, man. Um, I, I, I had a carousel um, of, of quarterbacks, especially my first, my first two years in the league. You know, I had um, Randall Cunningham. I had uh, Rodney Pete. I had um, – both of the, you know, the, the, you know, the brothers, you know, I mean, I, I, I mean, it, you're the Detmer brothers, you know, I've I played with, you know, both those guys. Um, even, you know, when I went to, you know, to, to play with the Detroit Lions, you know, I had, you know, two or three quarterbacks there. I had Gus Farada, Charlie Batch, you know, it, it was always a quarterback carousel. It wasn't towards the end of the career, my end of my career that I got solidified with, you know, one quarterback and, you know, I was with Green Bay. I had Brett Favre. Then I went to the Giants. I had Collins, you know. Then when I got to the um, when I got to the Steelers, you know, it was Big Ben for the most part. So, you know, it was a coaching, it was a, it was a quarterback carousel my first couple of years. But after that, it kind of solidified. But you know, playing with the different quarterbacks, I learned you know three three or four different you know coaching styles on how to play with these quarterbacks. You know, the play was never over with with with, with Randall Cunningham, but the play would be over if the breed wasn't there. Rodney Pete would just dump the ball. Or, you know, get as much as you could as far as running it. But that's, you know, that's what Rodney P was. Then you had, you know, the Detmer brothers, you know, tremendously talented arms. But they just, you know, they just didn't have enough as far as, you know, um, being big athletes, you know, to do anything else with it. So I had a different, you know, different styles of quarterback that I played with a lot during the first half of my career. But then after that, 
I had some really good quarterbacks who were just the men on those teams, you know, franchise quarterbacks. The reason why I ask, um, out of all of those QBs, and you just ran a nice little uh, comprehensive list for us, which one would you compare Aton Shander to most as the quarterback <laughs> of your middle class? Is there one guy that when you sit down with Aton every day, go, oh, my God, he's just like this former quarterback I used to block for? <laughs> Uh, as far as personality, um, I can say personality, he's more like a Brett Favre, you know, always joking, always got something to say. That's what Brett was, you know, but as far as athletic talent, uh, Shan didn't have a snowball's chance to do anything. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Just wanted to give you a chance to take a shot. uh, Barry, good stuff. Appreciate you coming on. Looking forward to watching on NBC, uh, listening to you on the middle. And whenever we can get you over here, you know, we're going to take you here on Birds 365. Thanks, bud. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks, bud. Our very own Barrett Brooks from the middle here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Jeff Kerr in for Johnny Mac. Uh, so it's not a Mac and Mac attack today. It's a Jeff and Jody attack today here on Birds 365. Uh, we may be able to get a uh, 9 o'clock second hour guest up. Could be someone live from Eagles training camp. We don't know yet. We're doing this on the fly. Kind of like the Eagles getting ready for the season on the fly with their first uh, practice today. Come right back here with us on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods, your vacation your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of Life. First Trust Bank is there for you. 
Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. It's 365 on the opening day of the 2021 season. Well, not opening day. That's uh, down the road against the Atlanta Falcons on a Sunday afternoon. But the Eagles are getting together and are going to do some football things. Not rock, paper, scissors. No actual football work today for the first time in this season. And we're here to talk about it with you, Jody McDonald, and my partner today, Jeff Kerr, filling in for John McMullen, who was down at Eagles practice. Yeah, he's going to be filling out paperwork for the next two hours, making sure that he's COVID uh, tested and or vaccinated. and every, uh, That is something I do want to get into with you, Jeff, about the whole vaccination issue across the National Football League. But first things first, um, know that you just put up on CBSSports.com within the last 24, 48 hours, an article on the Eagles about the 10 things we think we know about the Philadelphia Eagles this year. Uh, give me your mindset as to putting that together as to uh, how easy an article or how difficult an article it was to give you 10 things. Was it difficult because you had more like 20? Was it difficult because, like, truth be told, you had five and had to reach for the other five? When you put your 10 things you think you know about the Philadelphia Eagles this year, how did you come about putting it together? So, Jerry, it's a funny story. When I come up with certain ideas, I'm usually on my run. Like, I'm on my six, seven-mile run, and I'm just kind of... This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Whoa, 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 whoa. Six, seven mile run? I can go. Are you kidding me? I get tired if I drive six or seven miles. You still run six or seven miles a day? I love it. Uh, You know, I got to stay in shape. So, yeah, so that's usually where I kind of detox a little bit, kind of get away from the computer. And I start thinking about things I want to write about. And, yeah, I was thinking about the Eagles on the run, just trying to get the run done as quick as I could. And I said, you know, what do I know about this Eagles team? And I'm like, well, I think they're going to be this. And I think they're going to be that. So I get back and I rush to my phone and I pitch the idea to my boss. He's like, I love it. And so I'm like, all right, then yeah, I'm going to start writing. And 
you know, I'm like, well, Jalen Hurts should be the quarterback, so we'll start there. And, you know, it just kind of snowballed. I'm like, okay, let's go this position. Let's go that position. Um, what do we think we know about Nick Sirianni? What do we think we know about Howie Roseman? Uh, you know, I'm pretty sure Devonta Smith's going to be pretty good, so I'll put that in there. And, you know, I, I love to mention the Zach Ertz situation, and I wanted to get into the defensive line. I think they're going to be really good. The offensive line, I think they're going to be really good. So, yeah, it was just kind of more of me jotting down my thoughts. And I love – there are certain things I love to look at at the end of the season, Jody, and one of them is – was I right on this or was I wrong? It's one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, I'm definitely going to look at this in January and say, okay, like how many of these did we get right? Or did we think we know about this football team? All right. I know your first one was about Jalen Hurts and him being the starting quarterback. And we need to focus on that. The fact that he's a starting quarterback and he's going to win or lose this season and whatever's going to happen in 2022 is 2022. But let's stay in the moment with Jalen Hurts right now. How difficult is that going to be? I asked this to Barrett. Let me put it to you as well. That there's competition, and you're used to competition. It's usually someone on your own team that you're competing with. He's got to compete with this nebulous other person who could be the quarterback of the Eagles in 2022, and they're not even in the room right now that it is a potential high first-round draft pick, that it could be a trade for a guy like Deshaun Watson Last year, when Carson Wentz had to look Jalen Hurts in the eye, most people believe it got inside Carson's head, and that was a major contributing factor as to why he was putrid last year. Is it easier or more difficult to compete against an idea, someone who's not in that same room with you? How is Jalen Hurts going to be able to deal with that this year? Well, in a way, Jalen Hurts has been pretty much doing this his whole life. I mean, he was a five-star recruit in high school. So you're already competing against quote unquote ghosts before you even commit to college. Like you say he commits to Alabama. Well, to a title of Iola commit to Alabama. You're also competing with guys who you're not even sure are going to commit to that program. So he's been used to that his entire life. And then when he gets to Alabama, you're competing against Tua. And then you end up competing against Mac Jones, who also became a first round pick. Then you go to Oklahoma. That's like the only time he's, hasn't had to compete against somebody for his job. And he still had to compete for it because he was the new sheriff in town. So he's been built and prepared for this, for these moments. So if you're competing against Deshaun Watson for your job, I think he's okay with that because Deshaun Watson's not here. He'll worry about Deshaun Watson when Deshaun Watson walks, walks into the building, if he walks into the building. Same with Spencer Rattler, who he pretty well knows from Oklahoma, or uh, Malik Wills from Liberty. Like, I'm sure... These guys connect. Like, he's not worried about 2022. He's focused on how can I be the best player today? How can I impress Nick Sirianni today? So maybe Nick Sirianni, if he has any input, can go to Allie Rosen. You know what? We might have our guy. You know, we don't need this Deshaun Watson. We don't need this uh, quarterback next year. We might have our guy. And I, I think Jalen Hurts is going to handle it really well because he's always been in that spotlight. And I know it's ironic we're talking about this with the whole Simone Biles thing going on in the Olympics right now because she was built for this too. But I think Jalen Hurts is cut from a different cloth. I think he's been used to this and he's got so much to prove at this point. So he wants to prove not that he's a starting quarterback in the National Football League, but a very good starting quarterback in the National Football League. And that's what he's going to have to do in year and year number one. But I want to tie it down even further. Um, 
Jeff Laurie, starting from the top down, Jeff Laurie, Howie Roseman, Nick Sirianni, um, anyone on Nick's offensive staff, they're all going to be judging Jalen Rose and the type of season he has, and they're going to be able to give their two cents in organizational meetings as to whether that's good enough to go forward with this young man. If he is, what are they judging on? Yes, Nick and the coaching staff are going to be able to give inside information as to how he leads and how the players around him respond to him. Certainly, Howie is going to be doing his own scouting. Jeffrey as well. They're going to have all the analytics to use. Give me a couple of things and put them in whatever order you think they should be as to what Jalen Hurts is going to have to do to claim the starting quarterback position in 2022. It's going to have to be pretty significant because there are uh, more proven quarterbacks out there who may be available. There always is the allure of someone you've never seen before, but has been a star on the collegiate level more so than Jalen Hurts was when he was there. What does Hurts have to do to say, I'm the 2022 quarterback in 2023, and this is my job and you guys aren't taking it from me? The number one thing I think he has to do is not take off because your first read isn't there. If Devonta Smith is not open, you have to look for Jalen Rager. You have to look for John Hightower, uh, Klaus Watkins, Greg Ward. You have to go through your progressions. That was my biggest concern with him last year. He just took off, which ended up working for him. But it's not going to work all the time. Teams are going to have film on this guy. So you got to go through your progressions here. So that's where that comes in. Completion percentage, I think that's got to improve. 52.9% just isn't going to cut in the NFL. That's Tim Tebow-esque. You don't want that. So those are the two things I'm looking toward. But his biggest strengths are his legs and his ability to extend and run outside the pocket and basically extend the play. And I, I think that's what's going to get him the job. Like, he has to be 2,000 Donovan McNabb in the sense where you buy yourself your time. Even though the offensive line can protect you, you still are wearing down the defense for four quarters. I think that's going to be his biggest strength. I think that's where he can have big games. Like I see him as a Lamar Jackson, a Kyler Murray. And everybody likes to get on those guys, but those guys produce and they win football games, no matter the talent around them. And I think Nick Sirianni is going to put this quarterback in the best position to succeed by using his running backs, a la Lamar Jackson in Baltimore. And that's what I think you're going to see. They're going to give this kid an opportunity. to If he is a starting quarterback, he's going to get every opportunity to win football games for them because they're not going to rely on him to throw the football 40 times a game. If they are, the Eagles are in trouble. But if he can throw the football 25, 30 times a game and they run the football enough, they're going to be fine. But Jalen Hurts, these are the two things that he's really got going for him. His ability outside the pocket to extend the play and his command of the huddle. And I'll add a third thing, his leadership. Um, those are the three things to me I think they really should look at, but also how much he improves the two things I mentioned earlier. You mentioned Devonta Smith, that if he's the first read on any given play and he's not open, uh, the QB can't be just pulling it down and taking off every single time. I think you're 100% right about that. Uh, the Eagles are going to need all their wide receivers to uh, produce, including their tight end or tight ends, if Zach Ertz does stay all the way through camp and into the season. And Miles Sanders coming out of the backfield, their quarterback has options. But the number one option is Devonta Smith. You think so. I think so. 
I've been singing the praises of this kid for two years. I thought he was the best Alabama receiver two years ago when two of his teammates came out and were drafted in the top 20 picks in the draft. And he decided, surprisingly to me, to go back to school. Well, he went back and won a Heisman. Yeah, pretty good decision on his part. But I've loved this kid for two years running and didn't know he was going to end up here in Philadelphia and shut up. That's exactly where he does. How I'm high is high? Um, Deshaun Watson holds the Eagles record for most receiving yards as a rookie. It's in the 19 somewhere, 914, 917. I saw it the other day. I can't remember exactly what it was. Is that in uh, Devonta's grasp? It should be since they have an extra game this year. First time ever, 17 games in the National Football League. Can he be close to a thousand yard receiver here in year one, Devonta Smith? I, I think so. Uh, and here's the thing, Jody. Like, if we remember correctly, Deshaun Jackson played year one. Jeremy Macklin played year one, and they put up some numbers. And Macklin had the disadvantage of playing with Jackson because Jackson was really good in year two. And he still put up, like, I think it was like seven, 800 yards at that 2009 season. Devonta Smith's going to be the guy. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if he got 100 catches in year one just because of the way this offense is going to work and how much they're going to rely on him. Like, I feel that highly of this guy. Like, the Eagles did not draft this guy to be a project. They drafted him to produce and produce immediately. And everywhere he's gone, he's been able to do that. Like, he was fifth, sixth on the depth chart at Alabama in Jalen Hurts' freshman year, and he produced a lot. And he had game-winning touchdowns, and he was able to do that while getting limited opportunities. You saw what happened when he became the guy. He just broke out and won the Heisman Trophy. He lived up to his five-star status. And everybody wants to knock him for his lean frame and his weight. Well, it's gotten him pretty far in life so far. And look, just because you weigh 160 pounds doesn't mean you're 160 pounds of, of fat. You're iron. Like, this guy is just built. And if he stays healthy, which I think he's going to because he takes care of himself, I really do feel this guy can – be a hover catch, a thousand yard guy. I, I really do, just because of what he brings to the table. Jeff, your number three thing on the 10 things you think you know about the Eagles coming into the season was the Eagles are a better football team with Zach Ertz. I see where you're coming from, but do you think it's a better than 50 50 chance that Zach Ertz is here? Because I don't. I think there's a better than 50 50 chance that he is elsewhere, that the Eagles are at some point going to back off whatever they think. He's worth a three or a four that they will weigh that against the fact that, yeah, Ertz is going to affect the way the play calling is going to go. If they really, truly want to become a three wide receiver team, if they're two of their three best wide receivers are tight ends, then the coaching's kind of obligated to get the two tight ends back on the field again. And I'll hold Sirianni to that because he did say, and when he did, I praised him for it that he is going to be the kind of coach that is going to build his offense and call plays around the talents and skills that he has, not try and put that square peg in a round hole and make the players fit his defined system. I think that's the proper way to coach in the NFL. I was glad to hear Sirianni say it. Those things being factored in, I think the Eagles would still prefer to move Zach Ertz and be willing to go in another direction. Do you really think there's a better than 50-50 chance that he's going to be here for, say, more than a month in the National Football League with the Eagles this year? Well, I don't think he's actually going to be here week one, but I want to focus on who was here in camp now. And he is okay. – and 
I look at it this way. I like Dallas Goddard. I think Dallas Goddard has a lot of potential, but I know what Zach Ertz is. And we've been through this before with two tight ends, Joe. Remember the Chad Lewis, LJ Smith debacle? Oh, LJ Smith, he's got all the talent in the world. He was a second-round pick. Well, LJ Smith didn't do anything. Chad Lewis was still beating him out for job. Yeah. And I know what Zach Ertz can do. Zach Ertz is, if he sticks around, he is going to be the franchise's all-time reception leader, which only five tight ends in the NFL can hold claim to for their franchise. And Zach Ertz can easily be a part of that. And what I love about Zach Ertz is you can line him up in the slot if you really wanted to and still find a way to put him and Dallas Goddard on the football field. And Zach Ertz can still be productive. And Barrett Brooks was absolutely right. This kid has so much to prove this year, not only to himself, but the 31 other teams. And if he plays his way out of Philadelphia because he's that good, you know, shame on the Eagles. Uh, uh, honestly, like I, I feel the Eagles, he could be such a weapon for Jalen Hurts in year one because he is a guy you could check down to. He's going to grind. He's going to be a professional. And if you get nothing for him at the end of the day, so be it. He's happy. The Eagles can move on with Goddard and give him that contract extension. That you know, Dallas Goddard does deserve. I think he's a top ten tight end in this league. But I know what the Eagles have in Zach Ertz. Interesting to see how that one shakes out. Uh, your number four topic was the importance of the Stephen Nelson decision. Yes, we've been clamoring for it for months now because we saw the Eagle depth chart and go, really? Avante Maddox outside is their number two cornerback as of right now. Find Darius Slate just didn't add up, didn't look right. And they played the patient game, the waiting game, and they got Stephen Nelson on what seems to be a fair market deal. Not a, a, a team-friendly deal, but certainly not an overly expensive deal. I think Howie Roseman played his card successfully here, and they've got two solid starting quarterbacks, cornerbacks now to begin the season. How do you think? And I know we don't know exactly yet because we've not seen a Jonathan Gannon defense yet. But we can try and speculate on those that he was around and those that he knew and those that he has taken his philosophy from. How is Steven Nelson going to fit into Jonathan Gannon's defense? Well, for one, the Eagles are going to run a lot of zone coverage. And that's one thing I love about this. Steven Nelson was very, very good in zone coverage, not only last year, but when he was with the Kansas City Chiefs and his first year with Pittsburgh. You know, he outperformed expectations, if you will, and he's gotten good contracts from two football teams now in Pittsburgh and the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's one thing I really like. And look, it was more of anything's better than Avante Maddox, Michael Jaquette, Craig James, whoever you want to throw out there. Because Darius Slade was going to be on an island and he was going to get torched. That's not going to happen anymore. He's actually going to have a decent number two cornerback he, he can rely on. And the Eagles have good coverage safeties too. And now you get to put Avante Maddox in the slot. That's going to help Avante. Zach McPherson can learn. I love that. I did not want this team throwing Zach McPherson into the fire where he was ready or not. Because that's what's gotten these cornerbacks unable to develop. Uh, you know, we saw that with Sidney Jones. We saw it with Russell Douglas. Now this kid gets to learn in preseason from two really good cornerbacks in Darius Slay and Steven Nelson. So I love the signing. I thought it was necessary. It completes the defense. And now we can see if this defense can actually be a top 10, top 15 caliber defense, because in my mind, they have a solid starting 11 now. Jeff Kerr, national writer for CBSSports.com, filling in for Johnny Mack today. With me, Jody Mack. Johnny Mack heading down to Eagles practice. We may or may not be able to punch him up in the last 40 minutes of today's show. you got to stay tuned for that. We'll come back. Uh, Jeff's running down 
the 10 things that he thinks he thinks he knows about the Eagles coming up this season. Uh, we'll go over a couple of more next here on Birds 365. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Leon Birds 365. Today we would include me, Jody McDonald. Jeff Kerr going in for John McMullen. John's got camp coverage duties on day one of the Eagles uh, training camp. So Jeff has uh, kindly stepped in and is uh, doing a great job filling in for Johnny Mac. Uh, before we went to break, we were running down uh, the 10 things that Jeff thinks he thinks he knows, or he's pretty sure he knows, or he's damn sure that, you know, I'm not exactly sure. Uh, he's doing a good job of selling them to us here. Uh, and a CBS column uh, over the last 24 hours on CBSSports.com. 
Here's one I do have to ask you about. Your sixth was that the defensive line is going to be better than it was last year. I'm glad you're so confident about that because I'm not. Um, they signed Malik Jackson a couple of years ago, and I thought it was a good signing when they made it. Of course, he loses his first year to injury. Played pretty well last year. They had a nice rotation going at the tackle position. Surely not dominant, but he had some pretty good snaps for them last year, and uh, they moved away from him this upcoming season. That means that much more of Jason Hargrove, who was also an addition last year. Um, I like the Ryan Kerrigan signing, and I think he will add pressure with this team this year. But Brandon Graham is a year older, and Josh Sweat and Derek Barnett are both competing this year to see who's going to grab a hold of that starter spot and probably get himself a contract extension with the Eagles. I'm not sure it's going to be better. I think it'll be as good as last year's. And last year, they were pretty good at pressuring the quarterback. Why do you say this year's defensive line will actually be better than last year's? I just think overall, there's – well, one, I'm I'm giving a lot of credit to Jonathan Gannon here. I think they're going to be blitzing a heck of a lot more than they did last year. Jim Schwartz only rushed four guys. And to me, that was a problem. Like, and I I was one of those people – I love Jim Schwartz. Like, I I thought – he was better than what a lot of people gave him credit for. You and, and McMullen both. Uh, McMullen uh, just bends over backwards, gives Schwartz credit. <laughs> he was good. I understand what he accomplished here. And certainly analytics can be looked at and analyzed. And uh, it would put Jim Schwartz against one of the better defensive uh, coordinators in the league. He's good. He was solid. He was nothing spectacular. I'm not going to I shed, didn't shed a tear the day I found out that Jim Schwartz was retiring um, well, well, I don't know anything about Jonathan Gannon, so we're going to see. It'll be a fun comparison between those two. But yeah, you and McMullen can have Schwartz. I'm all, uh, Jim Schwartz. Thanks, thanks for the effort, Jim. Appreciate it. Best of luck in your now part-time role in the NFL. He retired for two weeks, though, Jody. Uh, he yeah. went right to Tennessee the minute he got the opportunity. So I thought that was kind of hilarious. I'm like, wow, he really wanted to get out of here because he he knew he was out of here and he knew Doug was out of here. So. Yeah, I I'll shed a little bit here for Jim Schwartz, but I, I gotta give Jonathan Gann credit. I, I I love how they brought in the young defensive coordinator who's learned under Mike Zimmer, who's learned under Matt Eberflus in Indianapolis, and now he gets to kind of combine what he learned from those two. And one thing I noticed is there's a lot of zone blitzes. There's a lot of going rushing five six guys going after the quarterback. And I think we're going to see a little bit more of the Jim Johnson, Sean McDermott type days a bit where you're going to get creative with blitz schemes. You're going to be sending the Rodney McClods of the world, or, you know, you're going to put in a guy like, you know, I I like how guys like Milton Williams, Eagles third round pick, they're going to be rushing the passer a little bit more when he's in the game. And I, I think that's going to be really important for them. I think he's going to be, and underrated. I'm not saying he's going to be like a five sack guy or anything, but I think he's going to play a little bit of a crucial role behind Javon Hargrave, behind Fletcher Cox and Hassan Ridgeway. You know, he's familiar with him from Indianapolis. So I kind of like that part of it, but the Ryan Kerrigan thing, that is such an upgrade over Vinny Curry. And he's kind of more like a bailout for if Derek Barnett and Josh Sweat kind of beat each other up competing for the job, you know, you got Ryan Kerrigan in there. I just love how the Eagles are going to use their ends. Brandon Graham, Ryan Kerrigan, Sweat, um, Derek Barnett. I I think Derek Barnett still has 10-sack potential. I think this could be the year Derek Barnett, quote-unquote, figures it out because, one, it's a contract year, and, two, 
it usually takes four years for a defensive end to actually make his mark on the NFL. And I think Derek Barnett showed signs last year, but I, I really like how he's able to get that bend off the edge. And I think that's going to be really important going forward. So, you know, 49 sacks is going to be tough to top, but I think the pressures, they had 318 pressure, something like that last year. I think that goes up. I think you are going to see a lot more quarterback hits and a lot more quarterback pressures this year. All right. If I said to Derek Barnett sack number at seven and a half, you're going over? I'll go over. I'll say nine. Yeah, I'm going under. I'm, I'm not as big a All Derek right. Barnett uh, as you are. All right. Uh, one other one that you touch on I wanted to get with you is Miles Sanders will get the touches he deserves this year. This one, I'm a big uh, Miles Sanders fan. Derek Barnett, not so much. I'm a huge Miles Sanders fan. Uh, I know you are, Mr. Penn State. Um, not surprised that you're going there. I hope you're right, but I don't know that you're right because I think the Eagles actually upgraded the other running backs in their running back room. I think on Johnson has a chance to be a productive runner for the Eagles. I think the uh, Kenny Gainwell, the receiver slash running back they took from Memphis in the draft can be a contributing out of the backfield guy for the Eagles. So the fact that they improved some of the other running backs tells me, well, then maybe Miles won't even get as many touches as he did last year. Why do you think he's going to get more here in this year? Is it the new coaching staff? Do you think you've got that good a grasp on what uh, Nick Ciarni is going to do as far as play calling goes? Do you think Miles is actually going to get more touches? See, this comes from watching Colts games for over the last three years, trying to get a grasp of what this guy is going to do because we're really not sure. So you have to watch old Colts games just to see, like, okay, what's their tendency? How are they going to do this? And they really did feature Marlon Mack a lot over the years. And Marlon Mack was essentially their number one running back. And Mack got hurt last year. And you knew Jonathan Taylor was going to eventually be the number one back. And the way the Colts used him at the end of the year, he got his carries, he got his catches. He basically got 20 and 25 touches a game. And I think that's more than enough for Miles Sanders to make an impact on the football game instead of what the 16, 17 he was getting. So you're giving him five to 10 extra touches. You're giving Miles Sanders five or 10 more chances to have a 70-yard run or have a 50-yard catch like he did his rookie year. You're giving him that. And you can still – look, the Colts ran the ball a heck of a lot more. And they're going – and the Eagles are going to do this because of Jalen Hurts. You know, they don't need him to throw the ball 50 times a game. And it's the terrible thing to do anyway, no matter who's your quarterback. But you're going to see Boston Scott, Kerryon Johnson, uh, Jordan – whoever, you know, Kenny Gainwell, get those touches with Miles. I, I expect the Eagles to – they're running backs to combine 30, 35, 40 touches a game at times. And I think that's how is going to be the bread and butter of this offense. So looking at what the Colts did, they ran the ball, I would say about, I think it was 48, 49% of the time. It's much higher than 43, 44%. And that's going to be the Eagles way to control time of possession and to win football games and to move the chains. And so, yeah, that's where I just think naturally Miles Sanders is going to get the touches he deserves. And, it's going to be 20, 25 a game. It's going to benefit him and the Eagles going forward. We'll see if it shakes out that way. I'll be okay with it because I think Miles is a talented guy and could, given the chance, have a major breakout year. All right, you say the three wide receiver set will be the norm for the Eagles. 
which means, yeah, chance of die. Zach Gertz isn't here when the season starts. If that's the case, you and I are both on record that we think Devonta Smith can not only hit the ground running, but uh, be a borderline star here in even year number one. Rager will be the number two. You know, I'm a Greg Ward guy. All he does uh, used to be with Chris Carter. All he does is catch touchdown passes. But Greg Ward, it's, all he does is catch six-yard gains. But he does move the chains and gets first downs. Um, how they, They've got a lot of guys in camp at the wide receiver position. Opening day roster, how many wide receivers? How would you rank them? How many will they have? And in what kind of order would you put the wide receiver crew? So I think Devonta Smith and Jalen Rager are locks. I'm pretty certain of that. Um, after that, uh, it's going to be an interesting competition. Um, I will say uh, Quez Watkins makes the roster. I think John Hightower has a role on this team as a deep ball threat. I think Greg Ward actually does make it. And Barrett Brooks was absolutely right earlier. Like, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside needs to watch his back because you got guys like Greg Ward on this team. Uh, I think Greg Ward the, can make a, an instant impact because, like you said, Jody, all he does is catch passes. I don't care if he doesn't get yards after the catch. He catches the ball. He moves the chains. He's valuable to an offense, especially when you're running 11 personnel. You're going to want that reliable receiver in the slot. And, you know, Barrett thinks it's going to be Devonta Smith. I agree with him on that. But you're still going to use Greg Ward in certain aspects there. So I really think the ultimate battle might be, do we go with this underdog, this Greg Ward, this – I don't want to call him a Vince Papali because he's better than him. But, you know, do you want to go with this guy that wasn't drafted, that was a former college quarterback – that is a guy you can, quote unquote, build a team around. Not 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 in that sense, but he's a leader and he's a guy that embraces the competition and has been the underdog his whole life. The Philly mentality, or do you go with the second round pick that you not really sure if you want to give up on yet because you don't want to admit you failed, even though there are guys in the NFL that have more catches in the game than JJ Ortega Whiteside has had in his entire two year career. So. Yeah, J. Jaw's got to ball out or else Greg Ward makes his team. And, uh, you know, I, I have a feeling there's a spot for Greg Ward somewhere. And whether that's special teams or just catching third down passes or finding ways to contribute to a 53-man roster. So, yeah, uh, you know, I think that's going to be the ultimate battle here. But with the three receiver sets, with the 11 personnel, I think there's room for six wide receivers on this football team, but they go with five because Zach Ertz is still here. I'm okay with that too, because I think all five will be productive. Right. And if Zach Ertz is still here, he's certainly one of one A. Richard Rodgers, I said this yesterday here on the show. I probably feel worse for him than anybody else coming into the year because he signed out with the Eagles to be at worst the second tight end here. Now he's the third, and how often does the third tight end get on the field when you got a team that would prefer to go three wide, re wide receiver sets? He was productive for the Eagles last year because they had injuries at the tight end position. That's what it may take for him to get back on the field again this year is uh, tight end injuries. All right, and the last thing you put out of your 10 things you think you think you know about the Eagles this upcoming season, the linebackers are going to be better than they have been in a couple of years. Yeah, I, yeah, you're going to have to explain that one to me because I'm not sure I see that when I look at the linebacker roster. Well, when you look at the linebackers over 2018, 2019, 2020, it's not a high bar. So that's what I'm going by. You got a point there. That's fair. The last time the Eagles had good linebackers was when 
for some reason, they never liked Michael Kendricks when Jim Schwartz was defensive coordinator, even though he was very productive. And Jordan Hicks, for some reason, never liked him, even though he was very productive. So that and what did the Eagles do? They go on with a Super Bowl, and they got off to a great start with those two as their two linebackers. And Alex Singleton led the NFL. He was tied for the NFL league in tackles after week six when he, start, when he started. And he's got his deficiencies. He's not that great in the pass game, even though he has made plays. But he does have a knack for finding the football. And he's pretty good on special teams. So I feel he can be a starter on this team going forward. And Eric Wilson, you brought him in to obviously be the Mike. He's a natural fit there. I like what Eric Wilson brings to the table. But, yeah, you're right, Jody. After that, you're kind of wondering a bit. Like, T.J. Edwards I like, too. He's going to be like back up to Eric Wilson, but who's going to back up Alex Singleton? Is it going to be Devion Taylor? Is it going to be Sean Bradley? That's what I'm worried about. Like, do the Eagles even like Devion Taylor anymore? Because he was a Jim Schwartz pick. Like, is Jonathan Gang going to live with this guy? Or is there going to be some guy in training camp that comes out? Like, remember, Jannard Avery converted to linebacker, too. And Joe Osman. So, again, it's it's a wild card there. But overall, I went by the starters and who should start week one, Eric Wilson and Alex Singleton. That's what I'm going by. And I actually think they have two productive linebackers there. And if I were to pick a guy on Eagles roster right now who would be the surprise contributor at linebacker, it might be Jacoby Stevens, who was a safety in college, who they are saying they think can make the transitional linebacker in today's NFL defenses against the highly uh, documented passing games. Linebackers to safety, safety to linebacker. So I see where the Eagles are going with that. He was a pretty damn good player at uh, LSU. They just need to figure out how to best use him in the Eagle defense. And that's going to be on Jonathan Gannon. Here's one of the issues I got with Gannon in the linebacker position. Who on the Eagles is going to be Darius Leonard? Because he's been used to having one of the best playmaking linebackers on the planet playing for him the last couple of years. There's no Darius Leonard here in Philadelphia, is there? No, uh, Darius Leonard may not be here until 2022 when they use one of those. Oh, a little uh, early recruiting uh, pitch from Mr. Carr. Very good. I like it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's not on this roster, but that doesn't mean you can't find one in the draft next year or you can't get the man himself to come. But I think Eric, Eric Wilson might be the closest thing in terms of production to Darius Leonard. Like, only him and Fred Werner were able to get 110 tackles, an interception, um, a sack, a forced fumble, a fumble recovery last year. Which, again, when you're in company with Fred Werner on anything, that's pretty good. So I, I got to give Eric Wilson his props there. I know he had 17 missed tackles last year. That concerns me a bit. But I think that was more of the Minnesota Vikings just being inept at everything because they didn't have Daniele Hunter last year. And ever since Griffin not being there definitely hurt. So, again, you know, I think Eric Wilson's going to be a lot better than people think. I think that was a nice little uh, – one-year bargain free agent signing. But, yeah, I, there's no Darius Iron on this team this year. JK, great stuff. I appreciate you filling in for uh, Johnny Mac. I understand you're going to be doing plenty of it during camp. Looking forward to doing more shows with you. We'll get some good guests up. We'll get some people up uh, from camp. I just wanted to thank you. I got exit states left a little early today, so you're going to get to deal with the boss. Nothing like doing your first show and having to do it with the boss. Joe Krause is going to step in and uh, help uh, take you home for the final 20 minutes of today's show. Thanks for jumping in for uh, Johnny Mac today, and uh, we'll do it again, I think, as early as tomorrow. You back again tomorrow, buddy? Yeah, that 
looks to be the plan. Um, I haven't got my credential situation with the Eagles yet. I, I, I really want to talk football with Barrett at, at the Novacare Complex because, and you know, McMullen. I have a feeling like just us three standing together, we'll be coaching that team in no time. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll be the the quarterback, the armchair quarterbacks, if you will. Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? Why, why can't they do this? What are they doing in practice? Like, I just have a feeling like just us three in, in the same facility together. It, it it might be a treat. Best thing about uh, being a practice with Barrett, get him between you and the sun. Because you look like a guy who got a sunburn pretty damn easily. I wear hats. Yeah, yeah, get Barrett between you and the sun. You'll be perfectly fine. McMullen's wearing some kind of jacket today, so he's not going to get sunburned. He's crazy. It's hot. I got I got worried about you, too. So uh, keep keep Barrett between yourself and the sun. Uh, <laughs> thanks, buddy. Uh, you and I again tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Yep, sounds great. Can't wait to be on. All right, coming back here on Birds 365. They'll put a bow on the show for you. They being Jeff Kerr and Joe Krause. Keep it here. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. They're strong 
And then there's Army Strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. And back here live on Birds 365 with Jody Mack and John McMullen, Joe Krause, finishing it up for uh, Jody Mack as he exits stage left to uh, report to uh, do national radio on CBS. And, of course, Jeff Kerr uh, from CBS uh, filling in and guest hosting today and throughout camp uh, for NFL insider John uh, McMullen. Jeff, great stuff today already. Good way to kick off what is day one uh, down at the uh, Novacare Complex. And I know from a national perspective, uh, you, of course, will uh, be covering the team, but looking at it through a national lens. And uh, and I don't want to get too lost in uh, in the weeds on Dallas and the Giants and, and, and Washington already, but in that opening hour, I saw one of our uh, viewers on the YouTube channel, Sean Davenport, um, uh, wrote in the chat, uh, hey, Dallas, it's always their year. The Giants, they don't have a quarterback. Washington has no offense. This could be uh, a good season for the Birds. Now, uh, I'll let you respond and, and, and react to that candidly. I have no idea. Well, the Giants are already kind of a mess, and they didn't even start practice yet. They have this Kadarius Tony incident their first round pick with the COVID and you know Joe Judge defending him already and now Daniel Jones is kind of saying to himself I know the pressure's on me this year and he said it in like a like he's scared and you know that's what you know there's all this hype around the Giants but I feel like the hype has been created by New York I don't really think they're that great of a football team you know they feel they were jobbed of the NFC East last year because the Eagles decided to play the game right and play for a better draft pick because they were out of it last year. And it ended up working for them because they ended up trading back, then leapfrogging the Giants eventually and stockpiling assets and getting Devonta Smith, who the Giants wanted in the first place. And the Giants had to pivot and they got stuck with Kadarius. I don't know, Joe. I just think the Giants feel they're better than what they actually are. And what I think they were was a 6-10 and 10 team that played hard for a coach last year. But how how is that message going to send this year? Is it going to get old when things go bad? Like, they beat Seattle in Seattle last year, but let's be real. A lot of teams did because Seattle didn't have their ultimate advantage, the 12th man. And Seattle always has a game where they kind of – they don't play well. It's you know, it's kind of like the Andy Reid syndrome when he was in Philadelphia and still in Kansas City. There's always that game where they don't play up to their potential. And Seattle just happened to do that with the Giants last year, and then they were able to just destroy the Eagles like the week before that. So you know, they were coming off a high in that game and you know a cross country trip. But yeah, uh, overall, I don't think the Giants are as good as they think they are because they don't have an offensive line and they don't have a quarterback like the talent on their team, but. Again, you don't have an offensive line, you don't have a quarterback, forget it. And so that hurts. Washington's got a top five defense. I think they're absolutely loaded across the board. Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Chase Young, Montez Sweat. I, losing Ryan Kerrigan hurts. I'm glad he's in Philadelphia, but they're still really good. And this Curtis Samuel injury worries me a bit with them because 
Ron Rivera tried to downplay it as much as they could, as much as he could. And he starts on the PUP list. Now you're hearing he may not be available for week one. That was a big signing for them. And that's going to hurt the passing game a bit. I, I've been on record saying Ryan Fitzpatrick can make them a top 15 offense. They're going to win the division, but they got to worry about getting vaccinated right now, which again, the coach made his plea. He's immune deficient. Like, like if you can't, do this for your coach. How are you going to win football games? If you don't care about your coach, you got a problem there, no matter how good he is. And Dallas, yeah, you know, he's right. Every year is Dallas's year. I feel like Dallas, though, they've been under the radar, but of course, Hard Docs is coming. So there's going to be drama there, obviously. And the Eagles, we're not hearing any of that drama. Our drama is will Deshaun Watson be here or not? And he's not here. So. I'm not worried about that right now. I feel like the Eagles are having a nice, quiet camp. Um, that could change, obviously, when practice starts and Zach Ertz walks on, into the building. But, again, um, you know, you got to like the situation the Eagles are in right now in a bad division. Let me ask you this. Barrett Brooks last night when we kicked off our – uh, kicked off our camp coverage last night. And he I know he was on with you and Jody earlier today, so he may have talked about this. And I don't mean to be uh, repetitive, but I do want to ask you about this. Barrett said last night, uh, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, but you know who you are. You know what kind of team you have after the fourth game on the season. So uh, once you get through all of this camp and everything else and you get into the season and they kick off and uh, as you know, they start uh, in on the road in Atlanta. Then they come home uh, with San Francisco and then Dallas is in there on the road uh, in Dallas and Kansas City. And then you follow up with uh, Kansas City go even further on the road in Carolina and then Brady and the Bucks come in so uh, I remember when we were doing Jeff the schedule release event uh, and three-hour live broadcast there was so much speculation that this team might be one in one in five you, you know with losing the first four now I don't know what your thoughts are about that but if Barrett is right and you know who you are or you show, who you are, uh, you know, after those four, four, first four games, what kind of football team are we going to have? Well, that's what I'm concerned about. Like, at this team, and I try to keep as positive of, of an outlook as I can here, but if this team is two and four or three and three after six games, those six games, when you're playing Kansas City and Tampa Bay in there, you got to be doing a victory dance right now because you got to say to yourself, because it's a marathon, not a sprint, all right, we can make a run now. We're in this. We're we were two and four, three and three. We can make this up because we got the Bears, we got the Raiders, we still got five division games, and it's a seventeen game schedule. And we essentially have a last place schedule in here. But the 49ers are going to be good. They're going to be good again. They just are. And I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be that quarterback week two of the season. Kyle Shanahan pretty much named him the starter already. So you know they're going to be the. I think the key to this season is winning that first game in Atlanta on the road. It's going to be a tough game for them. But it's a game I feel they can win now that Julio Jones ain't there. And, you know, Atlanta, they're going to be grasping a new offensive part for Smith. They're going to be using Kyle Pitts a lot. Um, Calvin Ridley's got to prove he's a number one, which I think he is. But you still got to go out there and show it. Uh, their running game isn't that great. Their offensive line isn't that great. So this could be a chance for the Eagles defense to show up. And I think that's going to be the key early on this season. Not how Jalen Hurts and that offense does. I think it's going to be – 
Can this defense slow down the Atlanta Falcons? Can they slow down the San Francisco 49ers rushing attack? Can they stop Dak Prescott and that trio of receivers? Can they stop Tom Brady? Can they stop Patrick Mahomes? And I mean, you don't have to stop them, but you have to keep yourself in the game. So if this team can find a way to go two and four, three and three, I think they're going to be in business. But there is a really legitimate possibility they could walk out of this one and five, and people are going to be wondering, so when's the Sixers start? John McMullen, of course, will cover and provide daily cam coverage for us here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Uh, bookmark 8 p.m. Uh, every evening for our in-camp recap uh, with John McMullen on um, football 24-7. We'll have that right here on the Jacob Media uh, YouTube channel. Jeff, let me ask you, uh, let me stay on that for one last thought from you. Um, I don't know if new head coach Nick Sirianni is going to win the Eagles a football game. But will he lose it? Will he lose them a game because of the newness, because of the inconsistency, because of never being in that spot before? I think that's a legitimate question. I think it is too. And it was a question I asked when Doug Pearson was here his first year. How many football games he going to lose for this team? Well, he ended up losing about three or four of them, but he ended up correcting that the next year and winning a Super Bowl. I think Nick Sirianni is going to go through his growing pains, as every young head coach does. He's going to – because we don't even know if this guy can call a game. We don't even know if he can call plays yet. But we do know he's going to be innovative, and I think he's going to take his risk and try to make his mark on the NFL. And the Colts were a really good third-down team last year with Phillip Rivers as their quarterback. So now he's got more athletic quarterback there. I'm curious to see what he does on like third and fives and third and sixes. Third, yeah, the third and intermediates. I'm, I'm curious to see if he goes for it on fourth down or if he relies on the kicker and plays conservative. Um, you know, will his aggressiveness at times cost the Eagles? Um, you know, will he make that that call where why was this player in the game in this situation or why didn't you throw there or why didn't you run there? He's going to get slammed by the Philly media. And I think he's smart enough to handle that after that initial press conference. I think he's a guy that when you bring football to the table, he's going to be at his very best. If you bring, if you ask him conversations about his family, I don't think he'll be as endearing as you will. So I think he'll be okay with that and handling the media, but he's going to make his mistakes his first year. Really what we're going to find about Nick Sirianni is how's he going to be from year one to year two? or year two to year three, assuming he gets a second year, because I think he will. I don't think this is going to be a Super Bowl or bust year. Like, if this team finds ends up winning three or four games, I don't think he's going to get fired, per se. I'll, I'll say that. If this team wins one game, would he still be the head coach the following season? I would I would probably be on the punch in the table to fire him, but I don't know. I think he would get another year. I think he would get at least two years. There is some talk nationally um, based on the fact that the Eagles do have a good offensive line um, that they're going to be okay offensively, or Jalen at least is going to have time, assuming he can be patient and let the routes develop. Um, that's going to help this team from an offensive standpoint. The fact that they have a top five or top seven, top eight offensive line in the league. Your thoughts about that? Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I think people are kind of forgetting nationally about how good the Eagles offensive line really is. Like, they forget Barrett Brooks. Uh, Barrett, 
Brandon Brooks did not play last year. He was out. And Nate Herbig learned a lot last year. I thought Nate Herbig could actually compete for a starting job on this offensive line, but he's no Brandon Brooks. He just isn't. And Lane Johnson was battling that high ankle sprain all year. I know that was affecting him. And that affected the right side of the offensive line. Jason Kelsey was basically playing with rookies and guy inexperienced players last year and still played at an all-pro level. Gave up a lot of pressures, but that's expected when you're playing with young guys because you're getting credit for stuff that you probably shouldn't be getting credited for in terms of the negative numbers. And you didn't know who your left tackle was. You thought it was going to be Jason Peters again, which was a mistake bringing him back, even though I love Jason Peters. It, that was a mistake and ended up being a mistake for this football team. But you found out what you had in Jordan Malata, and he showed glimpses of the potential he, he has. And I think people underestimate how much pro- progress Jordan Malata made last year. And you got Andre Diller coming back. So you got definite tackle there with Jack Driscoll too. Like the Eagles' second-string offensive line, could probably start on about 10 football teams this year just based on their experience and what they learned last year. Because there are a lot of bad offensive lines in the National Football League. And when I saw Pro Football Focus rank the Eagles, I think it was eighth or ninth. I'm like, ooh, that's a little bit low. I think they're actually better than that. But I think it's something that, that this offensive line is going to prove this year. I really feel there's still a top five offensive line in this league. Let me get one last, uh, two last thoughts before we um, run out of time here at the top of the hour. We know, of course, or we expect Devontae Smith. He's going to be uh, Devontae Smith. The stars always, pardon the pun, but the stars always going to be around him uh, when he's on the field. Jalen Rager, Greg Ward, Travis Fogum, are, are, are you – are you worried about that if you're uh, you're an opposing team uh, uh, coming into the season? I would worry about Jalen Rager figuring it out. And yeah, will he though? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, displaying the speed in the Big Twelve because Devonta Smith's obviously going to be the focal point. But if you have that number two that steps up among those three, I, I don't think Rick Ward's going to do it. But Jalen Rager has the potential to do that to show that first round speed and why the Eagles drafted him over a Brandon Nayuk and the T Higgins and all these receivers that ended up producing a lot more than Jalen Rager did his first year, you're going to be worried a bit. And because I think the quarterback can get them the football and creates a big place. Travis Fulgham, you know what he can provide when he's at his best and you know what he can provide when he's at his worst. You got to find that happy medium in there and he can become a reliable X, a reliable possession receiver for them. So overall, I think the potential with those two makes them dangerous. But if none of them show up, it's the Devonta Smith show. And then that's all you're worried about. And that's all you're going to try to stop. That's why I feel it's important for this football team. Zach Ertz needs to be here. Jeff, what do you see as the role of, uh, of Joe Flacco? Uh, you know, he won a Super Bowl, uh, you, you know, I, I know. And it may have just been player speak when they signed Joe Flacco. I vaguely remember him referencing that he's here to compete. Uh, I know new head coach Nick Sirianni has said all positions are wide open. This is a competition for your starting job, but that's not realistic from a QB standpoint. Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's just hearsay from Joe Flacco. I say this as someone who plays competitive basketball still to this day. I'm a backup player. I'm a shooter. I would love to be a starter, and I compete for that starting job, but I know my role on this team. Joe Flacco knows his role. He is supposed to be 
a veteran backup to Jalen Hurts, who is supposed to be ready in case anything happens to Jalen Hurts. And Joe Flacco has to watch himself too, because Nick Mullins is no slouch either. Nick Nick Mullins could theoretically take that number two job from him. So yes, there is competition, but Joe Flacco's role is to mentor Jalen Hurts, to get him ready for whatever he needs while still competing for that star's job, because I think that's where you perform at the highest level when you're trying to compete for that number one job. So he's got to worry about that. He's got to worry about Nick Mullins. But at the end of the day, Joe Flacco knows his role on, on this football team. And really, it's if something would happen to Jalen Hurts, he has to be ready to step in there and run this offense. So that's his role. But I, I didn't mind him saying, I'm here to be the starting quarterback. Because you got to have that mentality or else why are you doing this? I want to get one last thought from you from the defensive side of the uh, of the ball for this team, uh, Darius Slay picked up some some help uh, a few days, seventy two hours ago, when Stephen Nelson, when the Eagles signed uh, Stephen Nelson. Uh, the consensus being now uh, Darius Slay will now be better. Uh, Darius Slay's a great player. Um, uh, he will be able to look like a great player on the field uh, because of Stephen Nelson. Your thought? Yeah. Well, Stephen Nelson is no Michael Jaquette. And no, Jaquette, right. the agent will probably be upset because I said that because I criticized Michael Jaquette enough last year. But Steven Nelson is a really good football player. He's not, you know, he's not a star. He's not Xavier Howard. He's not at that level. He, I, I'm not even sure if he's in the tier two level, but he's a starting quarter cornerback in the National Football League. And he can get the job done. And the Eagles will use him right because they're going to be playing a lot of zone coverage under Jonathan Cannon. I think that's why. Darius Slay recruited him here. That's why I think he knew all along, you know, of the 12 to 15 teams that were legitimately after him, he wanted to go to Philadelphia because he knew he didn't have to be the guy. Like, But he was going to be a valuable asset to this defense. And, you know, I kind of look at Steven Nelson, like in baseball terms, as a number three starting pitcher. You know he's going to be reliable and you know he's going to get the job done. And at the end of the day, he's going to help your football team, your team win games. And, Steven Nelson, you know, as long as he doesn't get hurt, the Eagles are going to be fine there. And, you know, he's shown he's durable, he's healthy, he takes care of his body, he's always working on his craft. And I still think the best football is yet to come out of Steven Nelson. He was really good that one year he started in Kansas City in 2018. And he was, you know, way, you know, he was above average in Pittsburgh. I mean, last year was kind of a down year for him. But overall, if you look at his 2018, 2019 numbers, if you get that for the Eagles, you're getting a really good player for $4 million. Jeff Kerr, CBS Sports, filling in for John McMullen. Great work today. Right back in the chair uh, tomorrow, and you'll have Jeff uh, across the Jacob Media YouTube channel uh, throughout uh, Eagles camp. 30 seconds, Jeff. I don't care how crazy it is. Tell me one surprise that we don't know that you potentially expect to see, hear, or write about uh, this uh, uh, during preseason this year? Well, one of the guys, when I do go down the Eagles camp, one of the guys I really want to write about is Jalen Rager. I think he is going to be the surprise of this camp. I think he will be the surprise player this year. Uh, Barrett Brooks is high on him. I'm high on him. I think he lives up to his potential this year. All right. Great stuff. Don't forget, everybody, set your uh, clock for 8 p.m. tonight and nightly. John McMullen inside Birds Camp on NFL 24-7 right here across the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Jeff, so glad you jumped on board uh, as part of the Jacob Media Network. Uh, we'll see you tomorrow morning uh, on on with uh, Jody Mack, and we'll watch you throughout camp uh, uh, all uh uh, all during Eagles camp. Thank you, sir.
Yeah, thanks for having me on, Joe. I'm beyond excited to get this opportunity. I can't wait for tomorrow. Yeah. All right, good stuff with Jeff Kerr. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Until next time, go Birds. If you missed any of today's show on the Jacob Media channel, listen to the podcast on your way home. Available on YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.